Hey guys, this is John. And Austin. And this is another episode of the Meatgistics Podcast. So before we get to anything else, let's get these out of the way. I'm, I'm concerned these are getting cold at this point. We, they we are need to get starting in. to cool off. This is a uh, beer brought that has some, obviously, some beer in it. We added um, high temp cheddar cheese. And somebody asked me what I would recommend for a beer brought cheddar bacon. I was like, what if we just took this and added bacon taste booster to it? So that's all this has is just the regular seasoning, some beer, and some bacon taste booster. Ready to give it a shot? It looks like a finer texture. So it is a mix of beef and pork that was already ground. Okay. I don't know if that plays into it. Okay. Yeah, probably. It's a very nice taste. It doesn't taste like bacon. I'm not getting bacon out no. of it, no. But it's good. So bacon taste booster does not impart the taste of bacon on its own. Sort of I, sad, but I kind of knew that. I'd say I, I would probably say it it does boost flavor in there, just not bacon. Because it's, I mean, that's a flavorful, it's a flavorful broad. Texture's throwing me off. It definitely was like an eighth inch grind instead of like a three sixteenths. Um, also might be I started out in the toaster oven over here and just finished it up on the grill or on the pan to give it a little bit of Meyer reaction because that does drastically affect the taste of a sausage in my mind, whether or not it's got that Meyer reaction on the outside. Mm -hmm. Does. Yeah. I don't know. It's good. It's very good. I like this better than I like our regular beer brat. So we need to do an entire series now on will it boost where we just make everything with bacon taste booster and without bacon taste booster and we determine what is better that was a horrible cut and i'm gonna blame it on the fact that we're not using collagen casings and i'm looking for a rise out of john <laughs> i mean there really just isn't that big of an argument as long as you're using the tubed variety natural casings are superior we're going to disagree forever until I can brainwash you back onto the collagen. Better side. bite. They stick to the casing better. Mm. You twist them way better. Twist linking, I think, is the only advantage. Nope. The bite is better out of a collagen. 100% disagree. I'm also Especially like when a, something's gotten cold. I'm, also, I'm going to sound like a communist, too. I do not like the curve. It does not fit on a bun well. When, you're, when we're just eating them like this, it doesn't matter. I 100% agree with you on that, but where does communism come into the sickle? An expression. If anything, you would, communists, let's move on. Let's move on. All right. So uh, beyond that, we have another product that we're very excited to talk about. These are Terrapin Ridge Farms. You guys know how much we love their jams and stuff. Uh, and squeezes. We have three new products. We have canceled an ungodly number of barbecue sauces in the last two years, uh, mostly because Excalibur discontinued their line. Well, we've also discontinued a lot of the like competition barbecue guys. Like we we would we carry a lot of their a lot of just random barbecue sauces, and we've canceled a lot of lines over the past two three years just from not selling enough. I was going to blame Flip, but. If you want to say it's that, that's fine no, too. It's been, it was, I started it before Flip was here. Okay. Yeah. All right. So first we have a, a carnitas grill and wing squeeze. 
Um, I don't know how this is going to be on these brats, <laughs> but that's what I'm doing. Um, I have tasted each one of these just with my finger, and they are phenomenal. This carnitas is uh, chili de arbol, orange juice, and Mexican spices. Mexican spices. You just need to get a spoon. No, just I'm going to continue doing this. Um, Mexican spices sound like something that John Jones would complain about. That's why he ha I got don't, on your nose. Don't actually touch it to your nose. That's why he smell tested it. positive. No, it's just Mexican spices I was eating. Wasn't my fault. So when I when I first saw these were available, I. He got I looked at very excited. Oh, I was very excited, but I was a little nervous because vinegar was very high on the list for all of these. And I was concerned about that. And then I also looked at the name and they were grill and wing squeezes. And I'm like, I want it to be a barbecue sauce. Is it going to be enough? And I'd say it's different from what a barbecue sauce maybe typically is, but I would say this is a barbecue sauce. This one and that one are a little thin. This one's thicker. Yeah. They're barbecue Sorry. sauces I know. all the way from like water to like straight molasses there is no barbecue sauce that's just water oh you that would be called just water you well the thinness of water but um these um the consistency yeah they're not like they're not all like casey masterpiece in thickness but um masterpiece they're theater? fine but the flavor as long as it's I was worried it was going to be like a, a vinegary barbecue sauce, but even though vinegar is high on the list, yeah. it's, it doesn't have that. It's still really good. Well, I think it's also supposed to have somewhat of a, a little bit of a pH pop when you eat it. It's a carnitas sauce, but it is absolutely is so excellent. Good. I'm really excited to make wings with that. I'm making tacos tonight. Tacos. I'm, I'm bringing mm. that home. I've been making chicken and uh, ground beef mix um wraps i don't really know what to call them what would you call this i take previously cooked chicken breast cut that up i take ground beef i take a large mama lupe's um tortilla put it in cast iron throw some cheese on top of the tortilla throw my ingredients on let the cheese melt and everything get a little bit hot pull it off and wrap it then i put some salsa in there it's not a burrito it's not a Certainly not a taco. Wait, so the, the you're just heating the tortilla up. It's not getting crispy. It gets like tiny bit crispy, but not. But then you can still wrap it. Yeah, it's just a burrito. Yeah, but doesn't burrito have to have beans? No, I thought a burrito has to have beans. No, I go to Chipotle and get burritos all the time. Tell all right, them, no but beans. it's a burrito. There we go. No Mystery beans. solved. All right, but keep in mind which one you like best out of these because we are going to rank them. All right, now we're talking about the sweet heat. Uh, this is. A complex flavor of sweet heat and grill sauce. Tangy mustard with a blend of chili notes and just the right amount of heat. I'm seeing that stuff everywhere now. What, sweet, sweet heat? heat? Yeah. Yeah, it's been... The first one I saw do it was actually JP's Custom Smoke. Remember they had their sweet heat? Mm -hmm. And then everyone else... Popeye's has a sweet heat. So. This is kind of like a honey mustard with some flavor. Mm -hmm. I love it. Yeah, mustard is definitely the thing that sticks out the most in this. Is there mustard in it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's oh. uh, uh, tangy mustard. Okay. But very, very good. This would be awesome on pulled pork, I imagine, uh, which I know has Austin very excited. When's the last time you did pulled pork? 
I don't know. I Do you remember that out. time I did like three pulled pork for you and told you they were in the freezer and then I checked like two years later and they're still in there? I'm not bitter mm-hmm. about it or anything. Sure. Don't worry about it. I remember that. All right. So that was that. Then we've got uh, the hot pepper bacon. Now, for those of you who are fans of Terrapin Ridge Farm, you know that their hot pepper bacon jam is wildly popular for good reason. It is a super tasty product. Uh, we've used it to do honey, everything from ham glazes to chicken wings. Um, and it is always good. This is going to be most like your barbecue sauce. Mm-hmm. Like if you were doing um, like chicken quarters or chicken breasts on the grill, coating it in that right towards the end because i bet you this has a lot of sugar in it oh they all taste like they have a lot of sugar yeah sugar is the number one ingredient and this one what about that one sugar on the sweet heat so add toward sugar is number two on the carnitas add towards the end of your (laughs) grilling time or you'll end up with a little bit of a bitter taste from the sugar kind of burning so that was amazing though that is like they took their jam and yeah made it into a barbecue sauce it's delicious now my favorite thing to do with the jam though is actually mix it up with um uh, cream cheese Mm -hmm. and pretzels like that is okay dots pretzels all right now this one you seem to have some trepidation about i couldn't the first time i tasted i can't tell what else it tastes like it tastes like something else i've had So this is their chili lime aioli. Now, what this would be really good on, in my opinion, is uh, a sandwich, some sort of cold cut sandwich or shrimp or fish, something like that. All right. Are you ready to rank them? Which one's your favorite? Oh, sweet heat. That's my favorite. It's like honey mustard. I'm a huge honey mustard fan. Uh, Okay. I'd go with the carnitas as my favorite. He looks offended, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know. <laughs> like not. <clears throat> I kind of want to choose the carnitas as my number two. Okay. But how do you say no to bacon? Because the bacon one's really good. Well, you got to make some And decision. I will probably eat the bacon one on more stuff. Okay. So I'm going number two, I'd go bacon. So then bacon is both of our second favorite. My third favorite is the... Um, Sweet heat. Sweet heat. Third is carnitas for me. Okay. And then this is our number four. It's not bad in any way. It's last, but I wouldn't call it last. It's still good. No, but these three are absolutely phenomenal. Um, They're online right now. If you go to Walton's um, sauces, spreads, and jams, and then we put these in the barbecue sauce category. They're right at the top. You can go ahead and get them right now. We have them in stock and ready to ship. They might be ready to ship unless I eat them all by the time the podcast well, comes Well, you can out. take, uh, you said you wanted the sweet heat one? Well, I want all of them. I'm, gonna, right, I'm just going to go take a whole. Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to take this home tonight and try it on that burrito <clears throat> thing I make. Or I guess burrito. We can actually call it a burrito now. Okay. Um, do you realize that a couple of days ago we passed a, a major milestone? No, what? Did you hurt yourself like multiple times in a day? Nope. Nope. Uh, just three days ago was one full year on Big Commerce. I mean, I'm supposed to tell people what we're running on. 
beep that out? No, it's fine. That uh, uh, twenty minutes in, it shouldn't matter. Still beep I'm it out. It'd be crap. funny. Um, really? Yeah, it was April second of last year. We didn't want to do it on the first, even though we were ready to go because we thought people, people might think it was a joke. Doing a joke. <laughs> And then, uh, so the worst thing that happened that day was we had never had any email problems with that. As soon as we switched over, it refused to send out confirmation emails. Our email provider went down. That they had, they've never been, they were never down. Yep. Not a single minute of downtime. So totally unrelated, had nothing to do with the fact that we were switching, just they had a problem and... It couldn't have been at any worse time. And we were live streaming for like five hours that day. Yep. Trying to figure it out and eventually got it done. But yeah, full year on big commerce seems, oh, beep that too. Um, It both seems longer ago and not that long. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's hard to put like, it's hard to think about the whole timeline there because of just the the mess from before that mm-hmm. and what we went through and the trauma. Yeah. Changing platforms multiple times here, but I think we we're settled in. I don't see us replatforming for quite some time. Yeah. I'll walk. If you were to come in tomorrow and say, Hey, we're moving platforms. I go, you're moving platforms again. I'll still come and do podcast or something, but it's too bad because we're already past April 1st because I so <laughs> would have done that. <laughs> no, I would have known right away that it was a joke. Um, all right. The only other thing I have up there on the, the main part to talk about is I have been seeing a bunch of articles recently on mushroom jerky. Like just straight up dehydrated mushroom? Yes, uh, you marinate it first and you have to add some certain things to the marinade. You need some sort of fat and most people use olive oil um, and you need some citrus to do something. I'm sure it's just to lower the pH of it somehow. And then you cook them for about two hours at like 200 degrees. I'm interested in it, but like, I don't, from all the instructions I've read, I don't know what seasoning of ours we would use or of Excaliburs that we would use to actually try it. So I may do a batch first, just following one, exactly one of the recipes online, seeing what happens and then trying that. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't know. I feel like the, the texture is going to be really funky on that. For okay. So, for some reason, my mind like immediately jumps to it would be better as like a freeze dried type of thing. I still have regrets about not having added freeze dryers like five, six years ago when I first looked at that because I think that would be a cool thing to have. Yeah, but but. didn't we try to get some? It's very difficult to find a supplier of. No, I had a supplier lined up for freeze dryers. I couldn't get anybody who would sell me bags for what I wanted them for, basically. Uh, And we weren't going to make jack on the freeze dryers. The The whole game there is to make bags. something on bags sure. we're literally not going to make money on freeze dryers and i'm like well, that's fine if i as long as i can make money on bags and i wasn't going to make money on bags either and i'm like if i'm not making money on either on side, then i'm not doing it no thank you so yeah uh we'll be doing that at some point in the next couple of weeks um, instead of cooking them first i'll throw another curveball at you i started playing with and using the old uh 
what do you call it? R and D unit, demo unit, dehydrator, dehydrator uh-huh. that we have from a potential vendor. And, uh, that thing gets hot. I'm pretty dang sure that thing gets up to 200 degrees. Like is very, very hot. I think it does too. And it's, you have the one not, with the glass. Yeah, I know. It's right. not normal for a dehydrator. Okay. Dehydrators normally don't get that high. If they do, they they get there for like two seconds and then they fall 40 degrees. Like uh, we've for the longest time carried like Weston dehydrators. And one time we mapped out uh, the temperature changes on those. And when you set like the set it to like 160, it would get up to 160 for like 10 seconds. And then it immediately starts dropping and it goes all the way down to like 135. And it's just this huge sine wave. And the top of it is the the temperature you set it at. It's never (laughs) there long enough for it to actually get that. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. Get that on any type of product. But that demo unit we have, we may have to talk with andrew a bit more we may have to try bringing that in because i think it's it could be a game changer on on jerky because you could cook in it you could excuse me i think you could actually cook jerky and dehydrate in it because normally we tell people if they're going to dehydrate cook first then dehydrate because meat safety you have the potential to create some uh very bad bacteria by cooking or just dehydrating jerky and doing it wrong. Um, you may not actually kill things and then you're going to put them into a product that you think is shelf stable that is not. Mm. And now, and now you're harboring some really nasty bacteria. Yeah. And you're actually, get, so you need the moisture um, and the temperature to kill this bacteria. You can't just have the heat. So if you cooked it above 106 or to 160 degrees, but it had no moisture in it, you're not killing it. It can then actually form toxins, which are way more dangerous than just the bacteria itself. So good thing to remember there. Um, also, one thing, uh, we have a couple of products in clearance on waltons.com right now. So if anyone's looking for a good deal on a slicer or um, a fancy dehydrator, I guess. So go yeah. on over to waltons.com um, and then click on the sales category and then clearance. So okay. on to meat matters. Cool. Yep. All right. Number one, mountain lion sightings in Kansas up significantly. I It's like so exciting to me. And at the same time, like kind of scary. Do you, you remember me talking about the fact that I thought I saw a mountain lion disappear into the woods that one day. Mm-hmm. The more and more that I see these stories, I'm fairly sure I was right. And that's what I saw. Because what else could have, I mean, their tails are incredibly identifiable. They're very long. They almost always have that loop up at the end. And that's what I saw going into the woods. Yeah. It, to be honest, it probably was. I I just, uh, we didn't talk about this before on the podcast, but just in the last like two weeks, I've been doing like other uh, looking into lookings into, I don't know what you want to call that looking into mountain lion stuff. I, I, I went back and watched like the old video of somewhere in Wichita, somebody recorded a mountain lion on like their doorbell camera mm-hmm. was watching that again. And it's, uh, yeah, kind of, yeah, kind of cool. Kind of scary. Uh, we've got a, like a stray neighborhood cat, uh, no, well, neighborhood. It's we live out in the country, but like a neighborhood in the country, it's it's confusing. There's like 20 houses. Uh, Commune is that the right word? For I it? don't know. <laughs> it's nothing. It's nothing sketchy. 
but uh, this ha- this this cat roams around like a couple square miles around there. And I every time I see it, I'm like, I wish you were a little bigger. I wish you were like, <laughs> I wish you were a mountain lion or something, or just at least more. Uh, I don't a- think you do because then you can't let your kids play out. Oh, then I I I halfway domesticate it. I'd become friendly <laughs> to it. I don't want. I don't like house cats. I don't like little cats. Uh, big. We start talking big cats, and I'm like, That's I'm getting excited. D- trying to. Partway domesticate that is one of the worst things you could possibly do. Are you going to teach you one of the ones that wanted to like domesticate a bear? Yeah, but then it's like, yeah, that's only if it's mine. (laughs) Like if I can treat it like a dog basically and it obeys me, then a bear or tiger are clearly the best two animals to have. Okay. But here's the question. I don't even know with your brother-in-law's mountain lion problem. I don't even know if we're allowed to kill it. Oh, you know, if you just went out and you were on public land, you'd get in trouble for that. But if it's something on your land, like he, he I, I, I actually, I, I feel bad. I forgot. I didn't follow up with him and see what, what happened if he found anything. But yeah, it, it, my understanding of the law, he would be okay to kill it because it's a nuisance. It's a pest on his property, killing his cows. So that, you, oops, so you can take it out now. You couldn't, you and I couldn't just go out and go mountain lion hunting. But if it was a nuisance on your property, you could. So I told everyone about the coyotes that got my neighbor's dog, went through all the nuisance trapping permit nonsense, Um, did not go through it, like found out about it. So is that just in the city that you would need a special permit to get rid of a nuisance animal? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I hope so. I'm still down to spend a night out there trying to kill a mountain lion, but we are 100% eating it. No matter what. Mm. Okay. Well, that'd be the whole point. Well, you said during either the podcast or the live stream, you're like, well, I don't know if you'd be able to eat it. So unless it's like super old and sick and like bug infested. Yeah. I'd, I'd still it. probably try and take the back straps at least. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, are programs like 4-H and FFA ethical? Article from Vox. So again, we can pretty much throw away their opinion on this because they're a nonsense organization. Um, But this is a story about a little girl who entered the 4-H program, took a goat in, raised it with the understanding that she was going to sell it for slaughter, and then decided that she didn't actually want to do that after it had already gone up for auction. So it's the, um, the goat's name was Cedar. But raising Cedar led Long's daughter to care deeply for him. And on the eve of the auction last June, she pleaded for the goat to be spared. The fair organizers refused. Then Republican State Senator Brian Dahl, a former and unsuccessful 2022 California gubernatorial candidate, submitted a winning bid of $902 for Cedar's meat, of which $63.14 went to the fair. Later that night, in a last-ditch effort to save Cedar from the goat slaughter, Long and her daughter took him from the fair. But that's when the plot took a dark turn no Hollywood studio would greenlight. The Shasta District Fair claimed that Long had stolen Cedar because she 100% did go and steal. Yeah. I'm in favor of the small child going to jail for this as well, too. Just FYI. (laughs) They demanded she surrender the goat for butchering and threatened to involve the police if she did not. 
Long refused. That's when Shasta County Sheriff's Office got involved. Armed with a search warrant, officers drove more than 500 miles across Northern California, seized Cedar from Sonoma County property where he had been taken, and returned him to Shasta County where he was slaughtered. Long is now suing county officials for violating her daughter's civil rights. This mother is a monster. The silence of the goats. I mean, you agreed to this? I'm sure part of it was, hey, we're going to teach our daughter about the natural world, about how uh, our food is made, where it comes from, what goes into raising it. And then you tell her it's okay to change your mind when you've already made this agreement and steal somebody else's property. I mean, absolutely terrible. I mean, she could have just told the girl, hey, this is life. This is what it's like. Like when I was a kid, my dog died. My dad didn't tell, or we had put her down, but oh, my dad was dead by then. My mom didn't tell me like, oh, it's going to a farm. It's It's like, no, she's dying. That's it. I had an argument here with somebody on whether or not dogs have souls. It upsets me how many people are on the dogs have souls train. I don't know where they'd get that. It's ridiculous. Um, But yeah, no, I don't blame the kid. Um, Obviously, I was joking about her being in prison. The mom, I don't know. I mean, you stole something worth 900 and something bucks, fled 500 miles away, made hero, not hero cops, good on the cops for driving the whole 500 miles. Because you know they tried to probably make some calls to local offices and they're like, we're not getting involved. In California, what what amount crosses from just like a petty theft into like grand larceny. Yeah, it's anything over a thousand dollars because that's what was going on in uh San Francisco. They were stealing up to like nine hundred and ninety dollars. Hmm. They wouldn't steal anything over that. So what about sales tax? Technically you're stealing that too. So now it's over a thousand dollars. That that nine hundred and two sh- for the for the goat is nine hundred and two sales tax. I'm sure these criminals are able to do the sales tax in their head too. So they were probably just like, oh, yeah. know, okay. that's why their criminals are so smart. Yes. Do intense math on the fly. Yeah, I mean that's figuring just, out sales tax isn't intense math. Well, it's it's Gonna, to know what the exact amount is for most people, that's intense math. What do you like think? It's not just like ten percent. If it was ten percent, yeah, most people would be able to figure it out. But it's going to be like in California. I mean, it's probably high. I'm going to bet that it's probably like nine point eight three. It's going to be some bet, weird number. I'm going to bet it's in the elevens for just general, like general so. sales tax. I'm looking it up. General sales tax, California. It is oh no, it's only seven point two five. That's the that's the statewide. You gotta add in county, city, township, your other localities, like for Kansas. Right, let's look up uh San Fran. Uh the California sales tax rate is current. This says six percent. 8.63 for San Francisco. Right, but this says the California sales tax rate is currently 6%. That other one said it was 7.25. Yeah, it probably changes frequently. It's probably, yeah. But anyways, that's lower than I thought it would be. So good job, California. You may possibly have done something correct. Glendale's over 10. Fremont's over 10. This is going to turn into Glendale. a sales tax episode. 
uh, Modesto, wherever that is, it's only 7.8. Interesting. Shoot. Yeah, so, I don't know, long story short, it once they made the agreement to have the goat slaughtered and you take it back, that is theft. That is stealing. And that's horrible. And that's, yeah, it'd be one thing if you just do it, but to to do that with your daughter yep. and teach her that yep. that is okay. Because you you have strong feelings about this, you can flout the law and do whatever you want. No, you miss the opportunity to teach that kid a valuable lesson. Yeah. So, well, you're teaching them a, a, a valuable lesson in the wrong direction. Bad on you. Bad job. All right, moving on. Um, my only real note here is I hate scientists. This is a great article. It's a terrible article. <laughs> Not all that great. Science increasingly dropping the great from white shark. So their argument is that there aren't two, there isn't a subspecies. So one's not the lesser and one's the great. So they're just calling it the white shark. Yeah. It's just nerds doing stupid things again. I, I just love how defensive you get over things that are shark related. So I'm going to bring this up. Um, John about got into a physical altercation with someone. Yes, not physical altercation. I'm over exaggerating. John got heated a uh, little bit, not John heated, just slightly heated. Better way to put it. We met a guy from New Zealand yesterday. <laughs> 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 he immediately starts asking if they some about sharks and the guy's like oh we don't have a lot and john's like yes you do <laughs> yeah it, it shocked me that this guy did not know that <laughs> new zealand has a population of extremely large great white sharks in fact a couple of years ago one of the specials uh was monster sharks of new zealand it just shocked me that like that would be like if there were actual African lions running around in the U S and we didn't know about it. It's like, well, we don't have, you know, African lions yet. Yes, you do. Like, how would you not know that? And then like, I asked him, like, do you not go in the water much? He's like, eh, he's like, I, I like to pull my kids around on, you know, the, from the boat on the rafts and try and dump them. I'm like, it's like hors d'oeuvres. It's like top water lure fishing for a shark. What are you doing? I didn't say that though. He was a very nice guy. Oh yeah, he was he great. Was very nice guy. But I, yeah, that was probably like the funniest thing that happened yesterday. And there was there was a little bit of comedy here and there. That yeah. was like the funniest thing that happened yesterday <laughs> while we were at that deal. Yeah, I'm, I'm full go on sharks. I'm never halfway. Um, all right. So I don't know if you've seen this video yet. Have you seen this? No. Okay. Scroll down. Nope, that's the wrong one. Go back one. Yes, that's it. Scroll down. Okay, click that. Sound so, or no sound? Uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, they might swear in it, actually. So they are fishing, pulling a tuna up, and they don't know that that's there. They're pulling a tuna up, and from underneath the boat comes this, what looks like about 15-foot-long great white shark, and just snags the tuna from him. Like, that bit guy, it in half. I mean, there was blood. You oh, saw yeah. the blood. That guy on the edge there, the guy in the green shirt, if that was me, I would have locked up and passed out. And then hopefully someone would have caught me before I fell in the water. He Well, he's... His back is to the bow, and that's probably good because he just increased his weight on his backside as he crapped his pants <laughs> when, when that I mean, shark came up there. Oh. That's nuts. Yeah. 
Yeah. See, they're they're always around. Absolutely always around. All right. Next article. Um, again, this isn't uh uh ocean themed one, but there were a couple cool articles about the ocean. Uh-oh. My computer's giving me the business. All right. This is uh redfish and bonefish. They have found a disturbing level of fish that have pharmaceuticals in them. So this is uh, from Field and Stream. It says, during a year-long study, Florida International University and the Bonefish and Tarpon Trust found high levels of pharmaceuticals in Florida redfish blood and tissue. Over 50% of fish tested had the opiate tramadol and the antirhythmic medication Flesaninidid, however you say that, in their systems. One in five was contaminated with antipsychotic drugs, and the other fish were found with cardiovascular medications, pain relievers, and psychoactive medications. How does that happen? Is people taking the drugs, they excrete waste, that waste gets its way into the ocean. But in high enough levels that it can be detected? It just seems nuts. Sure, it's not something that could just be commonly reproduced. Like, yeah, I wouldn't think so. I don't understand what you're. I don't know. You get like, drugs, do you think you get drugs and medicines from nature? Is that somehow those type of things? Can gotcha. Like a, a precursor that yeah, occurs yeah. in nature. I think more likely is that there is an entire vast underwater economy based on drug dealing, and bonefish are just like the thugs of the the ocean. They do a lot of drugs. Atlantis is real and they're starting to have a drug problem. There you go. They were clean for the longest time. Um, we read something a couple years ago about crabs suffering depression because they get so much of what's that? What, Patrick, what's the anti-anxiety drug that everyone takes? Oh, all the kids I, take. I have no idea. There's a handful. Is Xanax one of them? That Xanax. Like I mean, it, I yeah, it's a yeah. Xanax. That's like yeah, the one people get way too benzo. into, I think, and they can't like leave the house without having one. Yeah, there was a, a get hardcore addicted to that. Is it a benzo? Benzos. Okay. Yeah. Benzodiapine. So then uh, there was a problem with crabs getting too much of some benzodiazepine just through waste that makes its way into the ocean. I mean, we are so overly medicated. I bet you this is way more of a problem off our coasts than other countries. That would be an interesting thing right? to find out. Yeah. That would be an interesting thing to find out. I'm going to look that up. All right. Next one. Japan's bear meat vending machine proves a surprising success. Uh, well, I, I will do I, well in Japan. I want to know why we don't have just meat vending machines in general but we do. around here. We have customers who have them. I, I mean, here and there, but it's not like, it's not common. It's not a common thing. Right. That would be what, yeah, we, we should, Goodness gracious. We should, we should have a meat vending machine. We should try to start up some sort of operation there. And and we put in the vending machine. We get the meat from our customers. We put them in like quick trips. Give hmm. quick trip a cut of everything. We could start up a nice little side business. Let's talk. I like that idea a lot. Okay. All right. Well, let's end this podcast. I want to go start working on that. Okay. I'm, I'm actually game to probably do that. <laughs> All right. Uh, the meat, which sells for $16 and 50 cents a 
per 250 grams, which is what, just under 10 grand or 10 ounces, is proving popular with passengers alighting at nearby railway stations in the town of Semboku. I got that, no problem. <laughs> but the operator has also received requests for mail order deliveries from Tokyo, about 400 kilometers away. The machine, which touts its contents as regionally or regional speciality, was stocked with locally killed wild bear and sold a mixture of lean and fatty meat, the Manishi Shimbun newspaper said. So not only is it bear, but it's also just wild bear. Wild local bear. What kind of bear? What kind of bears do they have there? Sun bears? It's probably black bears. I have no idea. What bears are in Japan? But you have to have had some sort of bear there because an Akita is a Japanese dog and they are bear hunting dogs. Japanese black bear. The picture is black bear. But that is a sun bear. Sun bears are the ones with the... I guess sun bears are in South America. It's got to be, they've got to be related somehow. It's an ugly bear. It's not a good looking, like, <laughs> I'll take an American black bear or yeah. grizzly bear over that any day. America. Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, moving on. Strange piles of meat found around Mississauga causing fear about wildlife impact. So this goes back to what you were talking about earlier, about wanting to semi-domesticate a mountain lion. This is what someone's trying to do with coyotes, basically. They're leaving out stuff for them to eat. And anyone who does this, I don't know what the penalty should be. It Obviously, losing a hand is too much, but a fine is probably too little. <laughs> Anytime you're drawing these types of animals into neighborhoods, you're putting other people's pets at risk. You're putting other people's kids at risk for literally no reason. These animals are perfectly capable of getting enough food on their own. They do not need or, I mean, they want, obviously, but by leaving food out for them, you are causing problems. You're not helping anything. So the only thing I like the idea of leaving food out for is birds. Sure. I like, I was just, I wouldn't do it because I don't like bird poop everywhere, (laughs) but I have a big enough yard. I've, we put we put a bird feeder up last year and it didn't work out very well. We was talking the last couple of weeks about putting up another one, a different one. Like, but we put it like in the back. It's nowhere near where we actually are. I, I, it's probably not the right way to say we have like a field in our backyard because it's not like it's that big. We have we have like a three acre lot, so it's. I mean, we have like some room, but it's not like a massive field. But it's not enough to set up a shooting range on. No. But there's enough room back there that if yeah, if there's a bunch of birds and they're pooping wherever, it's whatever. I don't care. Now we do try. We ha- it reminds me. I need to go to Menards on the way home and get bird uh, bird spikes because they like to build nests up in our front. Yeah, yeah. And that we do not like. They poop everywhere, and I've I've killed I've killed many babies on accident. That's uh, what happens. But yeah, I had to pull a life, bird's nest out of the side drain here from the roof. The other day I was looking for something and saw it and Johnny was out there. It's like, oh, I got to pull it out. Like whether there are babies in there or not, it's blocking an entire thing. There was nothing in there, but that's good. Ready to murder bird babies. <clears throat> Red meat allergy caused by ticks may cause digestive symptoms only. Uh, just a reminder, we've been talking about this for years. Uh, Alpha gal syndrome is not going anywhere. And I have 
ticks are out bad this year. I was telling Austin the other day, um, I pulled two ticks off me um, one day and then two ticks the next day. The second day was just while I was on my walk. I looked down and saw them on my legs. But yeah, just the rest of the day, any like hair that was blowing over me or anything like that, I was like, nope, that's a tick. That's a tick. So I hate ticks. Um, darn it, it fell off. This was my new religious symbol. I've just been good waiting. on you on I not haven't... commenting on it. That's very tolerant of you. I was gonna, I was gonna ask you after the podcast. I just wanted to make sure it was up there the whole time, know, so I... people could potentially see it. So but was... I don't know why I decided to stick it to my head, and then I was hoping you would say something so we could, I could get on you about not being tolerant of my new religion. No, huh? Look how tolerant you are. I'm the most tolerant person you'll ever meet. That's definitely not true. <laughs> I can't. Okay. Anyways, um, I did find a doctor associated with this article. I sent him an email asking him to be on the podcast saying, I understand that you probably don't have time for this. So I sent him along a list of questions as well. We've tried so many different ways to get a specialist in alpha gal on. I mean, I've contacted multiple uh, universities, um, doctor's offices, and just nobody wants to talk about it. I think they're afraid that I know that this was a government program <laughs> that got leaked and they don't want to talk about it. Well, if, so. they, if that's awesome. I didn't think about that, but I'm glad you reached out because, yeah, if we can get somebody, that'd be amazing. Yeah. Even if we can't get him on, if he would just answer some of those questions from a, like a, I don't know, an authoritative source. Because one of the things it says oh, in here yeah. is one of these guys has been dealing with this for 10 years. Really? A year ago, I was reading that some people were recovering from symptoms in uh -huh. as short as eight months. Yeah. So which is it? Well, Yeah. To be honest, it's probably both then. It uh, probably just, it probably depends upon, uh, yeah, different mutations in your DNA and, and you would, somebody with this marker is going to be better. Somebody with this marker is going to be worse. God. I mean, not quite crippling fear, but it definitely adds like, oh, get that tick off me. Yeah. I don't want to have to fire you when you're allergic to I me. What I, I probably will. I just <laughs> keep breaking out in hives. No, because be like, when uh, you're allergic to something, each breakout, it gets worse and worse and worse. What's the movie with Eddie Murphy where he's the doctor? Not doctor. You know, the, Dr. Doolittle. And no. one of his patients won't stop eating shellfish, <laughs> even though she's allergic to it. And he catches her in the bathroom eating crab. <laughs> That'd be me. All right. USDA inspection allows Ferrum Farm to provide farm-to-table meat to customers. I've said it before, but I, I do feel like this is kind of the, the way forward. Uh, born, raised, slaughtered, and processed all in the same place. This is from Ferrum, Virginia. KC Farms Meats now has a USDA inspector on site, which allows cattle to be harvested on site with individual cuts sold directly to customers. This gives the farm the capacity to raise and harvest their cattle in the same place without having to ship them to processing plants. So they don't have transportation costs. They don't have processing costs and they do everything themselves. So they know exactly how they want it done. Now, is every farm going to be capable of doing something like this? No, of course not. But I can see this being a not insignificant portion of the industry going forward. I mean, how many, every couple of months for a while, we were hearing stories about a collective of cattle ranchers getting together and opening their own processing plant. Mm -hmm. So 
this might be the way it goes. Yeah. So see, see what your opinion is on this. Cause when I, when I was reading through stuff, it didn't quite make sense to me. Um, but it's just maybe how it's worded. So the title says USDA inspection allows Ferrum farm to provide farm to table meat to customers. Did they, did they put in some special exception no. or do something? They're the just, fact that they, they just, have it they opened up a meat to, processing right, yeah, plant. Yes, yes. Okay. The so, fact that they have an inspector there now gives them the ability. It's just not, usual Correct. that the that a farm farmer or rancher has a meat processing facility on site that's usda inspected yeah Correct. okay so nothing that's a special exception it, it wasn't like the result of some lawsuit or something okay okay um meat food fraud risk in chinese markets uh, from 2012 to 2021 this is from uh, nature.com says food fraud is a major concern worldwide and the majority of cases include meat adulteration or fraud. Many incidents, incident, that word, of food <laughs> fraud have been identified for meat products both in China and abroad over the last decade. We created a meat food fraud risk database compiled from 1,987 pieces of information recorded by official circular information and the media reports in China from 2012-2021. The doping prohibited drug um, what is it? Not Clement. Yeah. I'm going to just murder these words. Um, it is clomepramine. Yeah. <laughs> Can we like interject over the top of John, like the Google pronunciation sure, of this after the fact? <laughs> uh, there was antibiotics up to 38.9% had antibiotics. Banned pesticides were 11.1%. Um, clenbuterol. Uh, clenbuterol is uh, a steroid. Uh, ractopomine and again, the clomepramicol. Uh, both of those are antibiotics. <laughs> Um, and oflaxacin. Uh, the basis was mainly the list of drugs and other compounds prohibited from use in food animals is what they like found these things in the meat and then compared it against that list. But that's a huge number. There's an unbelievable, I, we've said it in the past time and time again, the amount of food fraud that goes on, not in America necessarily, but worldwide is staggering. So I think we've seen a lot more um, push recently to for something to be labeled as an American meat product for it having to have been born here, raised here, slaughtered here. I think that's going to be more and more important because whether it's fair or not, I trust our meat food supply chain a lot more than I do China's. Yeah. Did you see? I agree. What, did you see the? Um, well, it's coming up next, uh, on more food fraud case, turtle, raw prawns and poultry found in one of the biggest ever biosecurity halls in Australian history. So they found a, a shipment of meat coming in that had all sorts of illegal meats. They found 38 tons worth of biosecurity risk material. And that includes turtle meat, frog meat, pig meat, beef meat, all sorts of things. Prawns, uh, amongst the, the biggest portion of the shipment. Now, white spot disease is the concern with the prawns, but foot and mouth disease and African swine fever, these are not things you want to mess around with. No. So I, it didn't say, or at least I didn't see where this shipment originated from. Um, 
But if you want to start talking about our food prices going out of control, get African swine fever into our pig population because that'll send the price of pork through the roof and a bunch of other things will follow. Pork's been like one of the most reasonable priced meats too yep. lately, which is. Yeah. But it's still more expensive. Like I used to go to Dylan's all the time and see 99 cent pork butts. Oh yeah. Tex sent us a picture of like 80 cent pork butts from, from the grocery store. Like this was like six months ago, three to six months ago. I don't know. It's been a bit, but that was like the lowest I've seen pork in a okay. long time. Gotcha. I thought you were saying he just sent it to us. No. From, no, no. Why would he do that? That's useless. No, no. Yeah, yeah. I remember seeing that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's at least like not $5 a pound. No, but it's like some chicken. So I don't have any paid attention to chicken. I have not just, per, honestly, I haven't bought chicken in forever. Have, I assume you still have an R. What is chicken going for right now? No idea. I was still eating off that. 80 pounds. <laughs> nice. Okay. I would like to buy 80 more pounds because we're almost done with it. But I tried to place an order with Cisco the other day. I bought, I tried to buy a case of uh, Eye of the Round for jerky. And it was like, you know, 70 something pounds of meat. I went to check out and they're like, you need just 14 more items for your order to be processed. So they now have like a 15 item minimum or something. Oh, that's going to be a problem. Yeah. We're not going to be able to do it. Yeah. We'll your dad knows. Out. He and I were talking about, if you're thinking about for the the sausage we're making for the ministries later. Well, that, and I got to start making brats for Bratfest. We're going to try to make like a, a hundred pounds at a time right? instead of doing a thousand pounds all at once. Um, Josh isn't going to be involved in the making of those, is he? Yeah, he will be. Huh. Why? Huh. I just don't like the sausage he makes. Oh, well, you can, he's, he's, he, to be honest, uh, Josh knows this too. He needs more training. He needs more hands-on experience fair. there. That's so fair. I was uh, totally joking. I don't think I've ever had a sausage you made. Um, he'll, I don't know exactly how I'm going to do it. I actually need to talk to you about that because I might uh, try to, I don't know. I'm going to draft help from probably hopefully different departments because I, I'd also like to get Caleb involved as well because Caleb doesn't have a, have enough hands-on training. Fair enough. I do that and I have an empty store. So mm -hmm. probably see if I can have a volunteer from a few different departments to volunteer one, one day a month for a bit, but what's cover out there. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, I don't know unless we could. Yeah. I don't know. We'll figure that out. We could out. probably help you out more just by doing, well, that wouldn't give them the experience. Okay. We can talk more about it outside. Uh, but don't eat turtle meat, I guess. I mean, I feel like that's why. Yeah. Why, why are, would you want to eat? Turtle? Why are you smuggling some of these things in anyways? They're Unless not, your name it's is not like it's that good. Dwight Schrute. There's no turtle meat needed. Uh, CDC says outbreak of listeria infections traced to deli meat and cheese is over. A deadly listeria outbreak from deli meat and cheese has ended. The notice this week from the Center of Disease Control and Prevention was the first update from the agency in more than four months. A total of 16 people in six states were confirmed as outbreak patients. Sick people samples were collected from April 2021 to September of 2022. Of 14 people who gave information about their illness to officials, 13 were hospitalized. One death was reported from Maryland. And there was one pregnancy loss. 13 people were hospitalized because they were so ill. 14 people out of 52.3 million people who live in the North, Northeast Corridor, which is like Boston to D.C. So we're looking at a number so small that when I tried to use a calculator to factor it, it made no sense to me. 
it threw a letter in there at the end. And it oh, was like scientific notation, whatever. Yeah. Like that's so small that it, this number makes no sense. What are we doing? Why? Like, I'm sorry. 13 people got ill. I'm very sorry. One person died, but more people died during that time from vending machines. A whole heck of a lot more people died from diabetes during that time. From shark attacks. There absolutely more people died in that time from shark attacks. There was the guy who got his head bitten off down in Mexico. Um, and a couple of people died in Australia. I mean, people, people write in the news, they just have to pick and choose what they're going to write stories about. Cause there's, I mean, there's so much that goes on in the world that people are going to get hurt from this or die from that. And you can't cover it all. So they pick and choose. But why choose this one? People have agendas. Anti-meat. Um, from meetingplace.com. Um, this is just, don't even bother pulling it up, but Purdue Farms is listed as one of the most trustworthy companies in the U.S. I was trying to think. I've never heard a negative story about Purdue. As far as I know, there's, I've, it's not like Tyson, JBS, or one of those that, you know, somebody's always writing something about. And they are one of the big, I mean, they're not one of the big four, but they are a very big producer. So either they have a wonderful marketing um, and relations team, or they run a pretty good ship up there. A little bit of both, maybe. The world's 50 best meat products includes six from Croatia, none from the U.S. That's so messed up. Also, what this should be called, I think, is our favorite dry cured because there's no ribeye on there. There's no backstrap. There's no, well, I mean, there's no, um, filet. So obviously it's favorite cured sausage, which if you're doing or cured meat, and then if you're doing that, I kind of get it. Um, the first three are all some sort of Iberico, which is that Spanish, pig that only eats acorn. The next three are all prosciuttos, different versions of prosciuttos from Italy. I get that part. The Iberico, I've had mul I've had multiple, a couple different Ibericos and none of them that are just like that good that I'm just like, wow. Where did you have a Iberico other than that one we had in here? Do you know? Do you remember? Know. Okay. I was just wondering if it was undersalted. Like, was that a know. feature of what we ate and we just didn't, our palates are not refined enough? I don't know. Yeah, but no. prosciutto is better than Iberico. I don't we, care. We maybe need says. to buy some more Iberico and just expand and our palates. There you go. Yeah. We can try it. But yeah, no U.S. products on there. Very sad. All right. Last thing. Um, it's not meat related. Can we talk about that? Bard? No. Okay. All right. We've got nothing else to talk about. No, nope. we're all good. All right. If you made it this far, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, I apologize for punching the table and making an uncouth sound back there. Patrick is imitating that right now. So I feel bad. We'll see you next time, guys. Thanks for checking out the Meat Logistics Podcast. To shop everything but the meat, head on over to Waltons.com. To get your meat processing questions answered by experts and enthusiasts alike, head on over to our online community at MeatGistics.com. Walton. Everything but the meat.